Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. i got to be honest, I usually push the start of the uh, NFL back like a month until it's cold. Then I feel like I'm in the mood for football. But the Pirates have been so abysmal this season, I am super looking forward to the NFL season. I can't get over this. I'm so excited. I mean, this is the time of year, Mike, when we get to mock John. Because right. he's right. like, no, I'm not going to watch football yeah, because we'll it's it. too nice. This year I'm all in. Wow. Tonight's the kickoff, isn't tonight's it? Tonight's a big night. Last. Yeah. So tonight's the Packers and the Bears, right? Correct. Which is the traditional opening game, right? They've been doing this forever. Well, I'm happy to welcome it. Thank you. I'm Me happy too. to welcome it. I feel the exact same way you do, John. Yeah. I'm so depressed with how the season has gone for the Pirates. I'm yep. so over and done with it. Although I'm going Friday night to see a Pirate game. <laughs> I'm just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> what? My kid wanted to go. My 17-year-old son was like, yeah, let's go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Hope springs eternal. Yeah, why not? I'm Do you know sit. that I didn't go to one game this season? One? You didn't go to one game? No. Yeah, there's still time. Because it's horrible. It is, yeah. It's, it's really, really horrible. really horrible. But, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to do on, on a summer evening. It is. No, and I love PNC Park, and I, I wish I would have gone. But right. now I don't want to spend the money because I'm hacked off. Yeah. Okay, so with the beginning of the NFL season, this is the first football season with mobile gambling, both legal and operational, in the state of Pennsylvania. So you can bet on games from your phone even while the games are going on. To me, that's super dangerous. I think it's a horrible idea. Do you know that 16% of uh, people in the state of Pennsylvania actively bet on football games? 16%. Uh, now, that's the, pretty high. I think it is, too. Uh, as it, and so the NFL came out today and they said, I'm reading from a, an article in Today's PG, Bill Brink, who's a sports writer. Uh, uh, the quote is from the NFL. As it has been for decades, it is true today and will forever be our number one priority is protecting the integrity of the game. Uh, so says Brian McCarthy, vice president of communications for the NFL. We spend a tremendous amount of time educating everyone who touches the NFL. More than 10,000 people from front office staff to coaches, players to day to uh, game day assistants for the integrity of what is about to happen as mobile sports gambling gets underway. All right. You're going you're gonna to bet? No. Can you imagine? You know why? Hmm. Because I would go down a dark path. Well, it's the same thing to me with its fantasy football Yahoo stuff. It takes away from the enjoyment of the game. Look, no, it the, doesn't. It totally adds. To no, the, it doesn't. No, no, no. no, just no. Watch this, the yeah, game. no listen, no, you're totally wrong. It, my no, I'm add. totally right. It, it totally adds to the enjoyment no. because if you have a player nope. on your team that's not from the Steelers, you know what? You do you have players on game. your team because your team are, are the, the Steelers, Steelers not some team. other team, not some fantasy team. Anyway, I that, hope that, that everybody who has the courage and the stupidity to have a AB on their fantasy football team will now be paying that um, that price. <laughs> hashtag, yeah. huh? 
Not our problem. Yeah. I love it so much. You know, we've resisted talking about AB because who wants to keep hearing about it? Except today, it's just too much. And okay. it just, it, it vaulted to the top of ESPN.com. How can we ignore the story that Antonio Brown and Raiders GM Mike Mayock got into a heated exchange yesterday? I'm sure And what? the team is now planning to what? Suspend what? its star wide receiver. Okay, so uh, last season with the Steelers, he chose not to play the final game of the season, right? Showed up late, and then Coach Tomlin said, you're not playing He didn't today. choose not to. Mike Tomlin right. chose to But look, for him he showed up to. late. He didn't come to practice the whole week. and then Right, yeah. but he still expected to play, I right. think. Okay, so then he didn't play the last game of the season with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Gets traded with much brouhaha in the offseason. Has a new home now with the Oakland Raiders. And will not play, apparently, the first game at least of the season with the Raiders. Who does that? If you... Are suspended by the Raiders. Mm-hmm. How low are you? Yeah. Really? Really. I mean, they're a bunch of criminals and vagrants. You know it. You got that right. It's the Raiders. That's like, you know, what? Getting kicked out of jail or something. I'm kind of bummed because he's on my fantasy team. Oh, oh for heaven's you sake. You picked Mike. him. You picked him. <laughs> there is some with You traitor. It was an auto draft. Oh, auto draft. It was. Auto draft. It was. I'm in three other leagues, and mm, nope. I, I, I avoided them at all costs, Whatever. but I couldn't avoid oh, them. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, right. There right. are some within the Raiders that want the organization to move on. Move on. According to Chef That should be his middle name. From uh, ESPN, sources around the league believe the team could suspend him with the idea of trying to void the $30.125 million contract <laughs> that they gave him. I mean, now wait. Now this con- this confrontation stemmed from his Instagram post Wednesday when he displayed a letter from his GM from his boss. He put his boss's letter on Instagram that detailed his fifty four thousand some dollar fine for missing time during training camp mm-hmm. over the helmet. Right? It was the, the well, helmet first, issue. Well, first of all, it was the his foot was frozen. He had frostbite. Right. Right. That was from the being first in a thing. Cryogenic tank. Exactly. And then it was the... Legality of the helmet. Right. And now it's he's in his general manager's face and threatens to punch him in the face. In front of the team. Right. And then he piles away, and now he's going to get suspended. Very Mayock nice. told reporters that uh, Antonio Brown was not at the facility today and mm. would not be practicing. He could not confirm or deny that he will be suspended. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the NFL season is underway this evening. I love and, it. And uh, so, okay. So I don't know anything about the specifics of what it is to gamble online. I guess you have to get like an what an app. I would think you'd have well, an app and you'd put your credit card number into it the way you do with eBay or PayPal sure, sure, or sure. whatever it is. So there's got to be certain providers or platforms that have to be pre-approved by the NFL for you to interface with. Well, Don't I th- you think? I think if you're willing to put your credit card in any app, that's on you. No, but I'm, you know what I mean? The, the NFL had to pre-approve mobile betters as a partner in some way. I don't know how that works, to be honest with you. Do they get a piece of the action? The, the NFL? NFL? Right? I if mean, it has their name on it, they for sure are because you know they're still paying their commissioner forty thousand forty million dollars forty thousand. Boy, that'd be a dream, right? Yeah, Imagine if Roger Goodell was making forty thousand dollars a year. He makes forty million. He's a year. making forty million dollars a year. The commissioner of the NFL Come is making forty I mean, what are you doing million earn- dollars a year. Seriously, those guys working in coal mines. And Basically, what mines. he's doing is he's trying to coordinate all the country club owners in the NFL. He's mm. trying to make sure that they all don't eat each other for lunch. Right. With a whip and a feather. $40 million. Coming up next, the need for apologetics in the body of Christ. So do we need to focus on reason 
I guess Bill Glaze thinks so. He's coming up next on today's Ride Home. WORD. It's going to be a bumpy ride on the next Adventure in Odyssey. I cannot have Ms. Kendall teaching me how to drive. Yeah. Eugene reluctantly turns to Connie Kendall for help in getting his driver's license. Will they avoid the potholes? There's traffic on this road. Or drive each other crazy. Eugene, stop! Foot on brake. Find out on the next exciting Adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Oh, my papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me you are so good. Does that song bring back memories of days gone by and sage folks in our lives? Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we love remembering the olden days. We also love honoring these dear folks in our lives at the upcoming Grandparents' Day ham and turkey dinner at the Springhouse. It's the second Sunday in September, and we'll be featuring our own hickory-smoked ham, roast turkey, real mashed potatoes, and all the fixins. In our family, my mom and dad are so great at making each of their 19 grandchildren feel like the favorite. Do you know some special folks like that that you'd love to honor? Bring them to the Springhouse Country Store and Dairy Farm for good old-fashioned eating. Check out springhousemarket.com for more details or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Looking forward to seeing you at the Springhouse at 84 PA. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. With a new college semester right around the corner, your student might need a new mattress for their apartment or dorm. At the Original Mattress Factory, we hand-build twin extra-long mattresses and box springs that are commonly used in college dorms. In fact, we offer twin extra-long mattresses in a variety of models to match every budget and comfort preference. And we can deliver to anywhere in the U.S., including colleges and universities. Visit OriginalMattress.com or an Original Mattress Factory store near you to learn more. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Bill Glaze is with us. Bill joins us from Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood. Bill, how are you doing yes, today? Sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Hey, can I, can I share a quick story with you guys? Please, I can't yeah, wait. chime in. Yeah, you know what? Uh, years ago, my wife and I, you know, we bought a freezer. We, we signed up for this deal with a free, we bought a freezer. Yeah. And it had like uh, $3,000 worth of meat. Nice. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, we thought it was Sweet. a great deal. So we got it, you know, you got the freezer there. And uh, the next day, the electricity in our house went up. And, uh, you know, we had uh, what, what I call buyer's remorse. Mm. Right? Yeah, I bet you so, did. So, 
So do you think the Oakland Raiders oh, are? <laughs> Listen, all I can say is we tried to warn them. We did, right? Was there someone who was saying to you, now, Bill, do you really want to buy all this meat? Are you sure that you feel confident enough? in your? See, that's what we were doing as Steeler fans. We were looking at the right. Raiders fans with all the compassion we usually extend to them, oh, yeah. which is so much. Mm-hmm. And we right. say, do you really, really want this? And they wrote out the check for $30 million and said, yes, we do. $30 million. Right. I believe I washed right. my hands of it, Bill. Well, I, I think they might be having buyer's remorse at this I point. I bet they will. Okay, so, Bill, don't you wonder about this? I mean, as a pastor, I'm sure the NFL is very intentional about surrounding these young men with role models. Don't you think that's a, 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 what's what's going on in Antonio Brown's head that he denies all of that? There's got to be good guys around him. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think that sometimes, you know, we just start to uh, swallow the perfume, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 it smells good. As, as long as you know you're you're putting it on the outside, but when you start swallowing it, it gets it gets a little nasty. So uh, it seems like you know he's starting to swallow all the hype and the perfume, Damn. and you know, it's it's just sad because you have a guy with such talent, oh, yeah. no. and 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 he's you know uh, got caught up in this egotistical thing, and it, he's just his all of his talent is going to waste. It so, sure is. I mean, when yeah. you look at it right now. It just doesn't look like it's going to end well for A.B. I mean, you know, you hate to be a harbinger of horrible news, but that kind of runaway ego, how do you tame something like that? Right. Well, you know, I was telling Mike, you know, when he uh, called, that Antonio is starting out the way he ended out. Mm-hmm. So the hmm. same way he ended with the Steelers right. is the same way that he's starting with the Oakland Raiders. Right. right. I mean, I you know, you don't want to say somebody, you know, is uh, out of their mind and needs Jesus, but he needs Jesus. Amen. Amen. As do I. Yeah, I need Jesus. I'll sign up for that. All right, Bill, so kind of similar. I mean, it's a different topic, but there's kind of a, I see a through line here. When we're talking about, you know, swallowing, something that smells good, if we ingest it, is going to ultimately be bad for us. And, you know, I think of how often we follow our faith journey and we look for God in ways that just seem right to us. But if we don't have like a firm theological foundation, some rationality behind what we're doing, then we end up swallowing all sorts of stuff that just isn't true. Right. And and, and that's where, you know, this, this need for apologetics uh, comes in. You know, uh, if, if I could continue with the football analogy, sure. uh, when you when you go to football games or you watch them on uh, TV, you know, and, and say a, a fourth and two comes up, where the offense is, is getting ready to run a play and the defense is the home team, then you hear the crowd, you know, crying out, defense, defense, defense. And, you know, sometimes I, I wonder if, if the, the kingdom of heaven, if the angels in heaven look down and see, you know, uh, fourth and one, you know, the critics and the, uh, you know, the skeptics, you know, mm-hmm. they're getting ready to run the play. And if the kingdom of heaven is not crying out, you know, defense, defense, you know, and, and that's what apologetics is. You know, apologetics, you know, comes from a word that means to give a defense for the faith. Uh, because like you said, Kathy, what's happening is that a lot of people are, are swallowing the, uh, the perfume that's being given. Mm-hmm. And, and, I hate, and I hate to say this, but, you know, because I'm a pastor, and I'm sure there's other pastors out there that will probably identify with what I'm getting ready to say is that you have a lot of uh, our young people that are going off to college and they you know they come into communication with these uh, college professors and they just literally rip apart the Christian faith mm-hmm. you know how 
uh, how can you believe in Jesus Christ? You know, how can you believe in uh, a Bible that talks about supernatural things? You know, how uh, can you uh, believe the stories that 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 the Bible? And, and and so you know, they get there and they get confronted, and they they don't have an answer. And I I think to some point uh, where the church to me where the church has failed, and and I and I began to you know search my heart and examine this too because this is what I was seeing. I, I think that what we have done is that we have taught them the Bible stories, and, and they know the Bible stories, and they go off knowing the Bible stories, but we didn't teach them, you know, how, you know, how to defend those stories, mm-hmm. you know, why, why those stories are true. And, and, and so when they get out there, they, you know, they, they begin to get ridiculed, and, and they begin to get put down, and, and they don't, they're not able to give that defense. They're not able to stand against the onslaughts and the attacts by the uh, intelligentsia, you know, of, of where they're at. Hmm. So we're giving our kids milk, not meat. Uh, I, by, by all means, you know, and I know, I think, John, because I, I listen to you, and I believe your kids are at Grove City, or one of your sons is yeah, at, at Grove City. Yeah, one of my boys yeah. Right. Well, so, I mean, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, that that's, that's a place where, you know, what you have taught them and what you want them to believe will be reinforced and not attacked or, or, or torn down. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we, we, we've given them the, the milk and we need to give them the meat. And, and hopefully that's, that's the value of, of, a, of a Christian college that's, you know, that, that you can send your kids and hopefully that they will, you know, continue to, you know, support and endorse the things that, you, that, that you've tried to teach your kids over the years. Reverend Bill Glaze is with us from Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood, PA. Bill, it makes me think of... I don't know whether it's a high school English class or a college English class or, you know, whatever class you had that taught you to read a book and then you had a quiz on it or you had a test or you had to write a paper or whatever. There's a serious difference in what you know about that book if you didn't really read it and then the night before you looked at the spark notes or the cliff notes or whatever and then the next day you try to put together some cogent analysis of the paper well you're never going to be able to do it especially if you've right. got a teacher who's paying attention because you just it's going to fall flat because you just don't understand the book you might get little bits of the book you know you might have a couple of places underlined but if you don't understand the work then there's no way that you're going to be able to analyze it. I think that's part of the problem we have in sending kids away from home is that they might know Bible stories, they might know bits here and there, but if they don't get the point of the book, if they don't know it well enough that they're going to be able to analyze it or explain it, then they don't really know it. Right. You're you're, you're exactly right. And and that's why, you know, it it takes, you know, and, and I praise God for, you know, uh, godly parents that will challenge their kids, you know, just not to, to read the Bible, but, you know, begin to, you know, take ownership of their faith and, and, and you know, have these devotions, you know, in, uh, on their own to ask questions, because as you interact with the text, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit is, is at work, you know, these questions are going to rise. So, you know, you should be able to, you know, ask, you know, uh, either your parents, if they don't know the answer, you know, your pastor, or, you know, somebody should be able to, you know, to give you answers that uh, you have regarding the uh, the scriptures, because a lot of people, you know, they read it, and like you said, Kathy, they don't in- internalize it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's why, you know, you know, Peter, you know, Paul told Peter, he said, you know, always be ready to give an answer of every man that asks you the reason of the hope that's within you with meekness and fear. Right. And, you know, we, we need to be able to, uh, you know, when, when we're challenged, and, and even the young people, when they're challenged, 
that they should be able to give an answer as to why they believe what they believe in and not just kind of sit there with their fingers, you know, babbling their lips. You know, uh, right, you know right. that, that's, that's not going to work. But don't, don't you think, though, Bill, you know, th- this is true, I think, no matter what the subject is, but especially true about apologetics, that there certainly is a difference between book smart and street smart. And, you know, as our kids go out into the world, maybe a lot of the kids, you know, have been doing, you know, uh, Christian school or Sunday school or whatever. They do have some book smart but they just haven't put it to test. And it takes that trial and error of being challenged, of falling down, of screwing up, of maybe, you know, questioning your faith or falling away from your faith until you come back around again. Right. And, and, and you know, even in that, that falling away, you know, there needs to be a, a search, you know, to something in them. And, and, and this is where I say the Holy Spirit, you know, would come in, you know, if, if they know Christ, that the Holy Spirit, you know, should be bringing them, you know, to a place to say, well, you know what, uh, you know, what this, what I'm being challenged on, you know, I might not have the answer right here, but you know what, you know, I, I do believe that I have the truth and that I'm following the truth and that let me just go back and, and search this out before I accept, you know, what somebody else is saying, you know, before I, you know, jump off in, in, into, you know, their sea of uh, philosophy and, 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 and what they believe. You know, let me just make sure and, and, and to me, you know, I, and I, I would wonder, you know, where the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, like if, and, and, and we're talking about young people, but, you know, it, it could be true of anybody. Sure. You know, if, if you were saved and you have the Holy Spirit, you know, where did the Holy Spirit come back and say, okay, well, you know what, let me, let me just dive into, you know, what I believe a little bit deeper before I, before I leave it. Bill Glaze is with us from Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood, PA. Uh, so, Bill, we only have a couple minutes left, but as we close, you know, I was thinking about this, um, like this familiarity with a book, whether it's you know someone who's reading, you know, Tom Sawyer, or someone who's reading like a more sophisticated novel, like something by you know Toni Morrison or something. Both of those types of reading, um, they require some analysis they require you have to know a little bit about the author you have to know a little bit about what's happening and what kind of literature it is which means you need a good teacher and so i wonder about the role of the pastor in the lives of these kids that are growing up or maybe it's the parents role that we don't just say hey you should go off and you know make sure you read your bible before you go to bed but they you know they might read like you know three chapters from Leviticus, they don't know what it means, they can't apply it, and they forget it. Yeah, I'm going to bed. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I think of, uh, you know, Philip when he uh, encountered the, the guy from Ethiopia, and uh, he read the Scripture, he was sitting there reading the Scripture, and Philip asked him, did he understand? And he said, how can I understand unless somebody explained it mm-hmm. to me? Right. And, and so you, you're exactly right. I, I think that that's where discipleship comes in. And so, you know, there needs to be discipleship, whether it's parents discipling their children, whether it's, you know, uh, teachers in the church discipling young people. That You know, that's where that discipleship role would come in. Yeah. Okay, Bill, so we're talking about apologetics. Um, in our email exchange earlier, you let the cat out of the bag. You're writing a book on apologetics. Right. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you know, we're, we're having a, we have a Bible Institute at our church, and, you know, we're teaching a class on apologetics, and we've been teaching it for years and I just felt that, you know, there was a lot of stuff in there, and there's some great stuff that's out there, and I just wanted to, you know, kind of write it from the perspective of being in the class 
with the students and the questions that they're answering and the, the things that they're struggling with. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to address, you know, some of the issues. And actually there's a, uh, and, and maybe we can talk about this in the future, there's actually an urban apologetics because there's a whole other set of apologetics in the African-American community where, you know, people believe that the Bible's a white man's book and mm. Christianity's a white man's religion. And so there's a whole urban apologetic that I'm dealing with, too. That's really interesting. Well, Bill, thanks an awful lot. Always a great pleasure. Uh, hey, just for a second, talk to us about Bethany. What are you guys doing as uh, the fall opens up? Well, you know, uh, again, you know, we our big thing in the fall is our Bible Institute. You know, we have classes on biblical counseling. We have a class on apologetics come up. And we also have a class on American Sign Language where we you know, teach people how to, you know, to use uh, sign interpretations to minister uh, to, to people who are deaf. So, uh, you know, we you know that that's the big thing going on right now. Nice. And what time do you gather? Uh, we we gather at uh, seven o'clock in the evenings, and the classes are either on a Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday. Evening. I see. And for worship, uh, ten thirty Sunday morning. Very nice, Bill. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Okay. God bless you guys, and uh, watch out for Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not my problem. <laughs> Pastor Bill Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church, anchored in Jesus, heard daily here on Word FM. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5580. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. You've all helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of My Pillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all My Pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on My Pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper. Regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. They didn't teach us this in Bible college. A family in my church has asked me to help with their son who's addicted to heroin. They're in a serious crisis, and I'm so busy with everything else at the church. How do I help them? For over 50 years, 
Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has come alongside local pastors to help them in the fight against addiction in their congregations. Call 724-265-4100 now. Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. After a pleasantly cool evening, there will be partly cloudy skies tonight, low temperature 56. For tomorrow, sunshine mixing with clouds. It will be comfortable with a high of 77. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 57. And comfortably cool weather continues on Saturday with partly sunny skies and a high temperature of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Bill Skladankis. You might know that sound. That's Miles Davis. Fabulous, isn't it? I mean, are you a fan? I'm not a fan. You're not? Mm-mm. Too esoteric? I hated his uh, rejection of the audience. His Turning his back. Right. I, I really dislike that. Yeah. Because we don't have to come hear you. I mean, I, when I'm playing it, which yeah, when he, it's on my playlist. Right. Sure, I, if it's I love on your it. playlist. I love it. I mean, if I ever saw him live, if I ever saw any performer live who did that. Turn your back, yeah. I'd walk out the door. You're going to turn your back, I'll turn mine. But this is a beautiful song. And of course, we're talking about it. I don't know if you saw the news, but a trumpet designed and played by Miles Davis, one of the most influential jazz musicians in history, could sell for between 70000 and 100000 at a Christie's auction next month. Right. So one of three trumpets, a red one, this the deep blue one, which is up for auction, and a black one, which Miles Davis was buried with in 1991. The family's still holding on to the red one. I mean, I just think it's really cool to think mm-hmm. that, you know, you listen to the recordings of Miles Davis and go, most likely, you know, one of those three trumpets was used in the recording of that. Mm-hmm. And then there you are looking at it. And if you you know had it, you won the auction, you'd hold it in your hand. Now, I wonder if probably this is true. I'm going to answer my own question that you, most people who would bid on that would not play it or have oh, the, right. the wherewithal to play it. Yeah, no trumpet player is going to have enough money to buy that. <laughs> That's their lifetime earnings. <laughs> Pretty much so. Come but on. But it is cool, isn't it? Right. It, yeah, is, yeah. it is really cool. Did you know that um, George Benson owned it? Uh, no, I did not. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was from George. George Benson had it in his collection. Really? And then he sold it to an anonymous person who's the one who's selling it. I see. At Christie's now. George Benson, still alive? Yeah. Oh, you know, Pittsburgher. The, yeah. Oh my gosh. Heck yeah, man. I love George Benson. The Broadway song, right? I love. Oh, boom. Right on right? Broadway. Yeah. That is not probably what he would want to be no, remembered for. No, but that's for. his that's most probably famous his song. Biggest hit. Right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder where he is. I think he's living in L.A. Turn your love around. That was George Benson, oh, wasn't yeah. it? Mike, no. can you look that up? Turn your love around. I'm yeah, that sure. was. I love that. I mean, song. That's a great song. He came and did. Um, he came and did the Arts Festival one year, really? maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago. It was a while ago. 
And I'm not a huge George Benson fan, but I, I'm, I'm a fan. Oh, he had a moment. So we Big went, moment. and I'm telling you, his live show. Oh, yeah, you know this song. What year is this? 89 or 81? 79, yeah, 81. 81. Yeah, I bet 81. It sounds like 80. Yeah. yeah. This was so killing live. I can't even was tell really? you. His live band was outrageous. No he was born in 1943. Who was, what year was this, Mike? I have to find out. Okay. I'm playing it from a source that's not saying. Yeah. But who was the guy that was playing... That um, that uh, opened for uh, who did we see? Oh, Holland Oates. Yes, Train. Somebody was a uh, trumpet player on on stage, and it was amazing. Hmm. Really? I don't what? remember who. Wait, it was, you mean he who played with Train? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't either. No. Okay, so George Benson. That's when John and I were waiting in line for snacks. I was getting a coke. <laughs> yeah. You were holding our seats. He's the pride of Shenley High School. George Which Benson. is so cool, yeah. You know, he came to prominence back in the 60s, and then he left Pittsburgh. But I remember, uh, you probably don't remember, Walt Harper's Oh, attic. sure. Oh, you oh, do? Yeah. Down, oh, yeah. in the, down in the um, yeah. Market Square. Right. Where he was a mainstay in the early days of Walt Harper's Is attic. that right? Yeah. As a kid, he was a musical prodigy. You know, someone who was just, you know, touched with sure. a gift. Sure. Just love it so much. Yeah. So he owned Miles' trumpet, mm-hmm. and then he Passed sold it, it to some undisclosed person. And uh, now it's going to be... Up for the sale to some other undisclosed person. Exactly. That's Could cool. be you. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, whether it's Miles Davis or George Benson, celebrity birthdays today? Oh, yeah. They're, we're going to talk about those later in today's show. Okay. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. To some people. Right. Mm-hmm. Take a break. Come back. Uh, Brian Dykema is with us in a few minutes. What's, uh, what's on the agenda here with Brian? Social justice. Ah. Okay. It doesn't have to be a dirty word. For a lot of people, it is. 101.5 WORD. Are you confused by your spouse's thoughts and actions? Well, there's hope. On the next Focus on the Family, Dr. David Clark explains why men often clam up during conversations and why a woman's common strategy to pry that clam open almost always fails. Dr. Clark demystifies your spouse's brain next time on Focus on the Family. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. In a recent episode of the hit web series, Adam Ruins Everything, the show shared some of the scams that are common in the mattress industry. The big markups, the inability to comparison shop, and the conflicts of interest with mattress review sites. At the original Mattress Factory, we agree with many of the problems the episode highlighted. In fact, these problems are the reason we started our company, to offer a better mattress and a better mattress buying experience. 
Visit OriginalMattress.com or our social media pages to hear our employees' reactions to the Adam Ruins Everything Mattress episode. A humanitarian crisis is unfolding just off our shores. I don't always eat. Sometimes I'll go the entire day without finding anything. Sometimes two days. Years of drought have led to starvation and famine. I don't have much to give them. Sometimes I don't have anything to give them. 101.5 Word FM and Food for the Poor are teaming up to provide life-saving food and water for starving families in Haiti. And with your help, we can bring answers to prayers. I say, God, give me what you can. If I pray to you every day, maybe one day you will deliver us. Your generous gift of just $80 will provide food for a year and water for life for one suffering Haitian child. A gift of just $27 a month for the next year would provide for a family of four. Just dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say hope. Dial pound 250 and say hope. Or click the red Saving Starving Families banner at wordfm.com. There are a lot of phrases that are tossed around now, right? You hear them and you think, what what exactly does that mean? Some phrases inflame people, right? Make people really angry. And I think one of those phrases, which you hear a lot, social justice. Mm. What exactly... Mm -hmm is social justice. I think it's an important question to ask. I think people, as you say, use it without defining it. Or okay. even knowing okay. what it so is. Yeah. A, so it's a dirty word, a lot dirty term. For a lot of for people. For a lot of people. And but for other people, the, it's salvation. Right. And it's the only way for other people. So here's, here's why I think it's a dirty word for some people. Let's start out with this. Say, we, say you and I are ditch diggers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Catch a shovel. And, uh, and we're working in the same ditch. Okay. You work in the ditch eight hours. Okay. I work in the ditch 30 minutes. (laughs) At the end of the day, we get paid the same. Well, that's not right. Okay. But I think that's how a lot of people look at social justice is it's going to take away the reward for work in our effort for us all to be equal. What? Because a deal's a deal. Or we're just trying to be nice. That there's an equity amongst us all, no matter what we bring to the table. Right. And so then that further question might be, so then what does that do for us long term? We're going to build lousy ditches because if you and I keep getting paid the same, then you're going to stop working eight hours. Because if you you know that I'm only working 30 minutes, then you're going to stop. This is how I feel like the argument about social justice often happens. But wait a second. Is social justice the same as justice? What do you think? Brian Dykem is with us. Brian is, um, he's been with us for a long time. He's vice president of external affairs with Cardis and editor of Comment, which we love. Comment Magazine is a quarterly publication. But uh, Brian has uh, wrapped his head around the idea and spoken recently about who's afraid of social justice. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be back. So, Brian, do you feel like that's uh, – I know that's an argument that you've heard before, but do you feel like that's how a lot of people look at that phrase, social justice? Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people look at social justice and they see, quite frankly, a lot of the crazy stuff that's going on these day and age, or this day and age, right? Like they see what's going on in university campuses. They see some of the conceptions of what many people – understand to be true, sort of just being sort of blown apart, and they say, well, look, I don't want any part of that. 
the problem is, of course, and this is what I, this is what I, you know, the point of my writing the article is, we shouldn't seed the field, uh, and we shouldn't seed terms that I think are, are properly Christian terms, that are properly, and, and I think actually best understood from the Christian tradition, to, to the barbarians. And so what, uh, what I tried to do in this piece is try to, you know, say, say to ourselves, look, we don't need to be afraid of social justice. What we need to do is actually understand what the Church has said about justice. What is the difference between political justice and economic justice and social justice? They're all three of those things are different, although they're related. And and let's let's dive deep into what our our tradition um, says about it, so that we can actually live out our vocation as as followers of Christ. I see. We spoke quite a bit about justice. So then, social justice, Brian. Why are we afraid of it? I think we're afraid of it because in our day and age, social justice has become equated with um, people and movements who um, see justice as the maximization of individual choice. Uh, that, that is, that's what I think is the case, so that, that the will, the human will, what one desires is what, and the maximization of one's ability to get to what one desires is what is considered justice. And so you find yourself in this weird states uh, that we're at these days where, you know, everybody, you know, some, you know, I say everybody, but there's a sort of general current that says, you know, really what we should be doing is making sure that everybody's choices are maximized. And, and, you know, so that means we don't, we don't make any claims about what is just on relation to sex or on relation to the workplace or on relation to the environment or anything. We just say, whatever, whatever you want is what is what is just. The irony is that in this day and age, what, what ends up happening is that we turn to various administrations like the state to say, well, we need your help to help us have more choice. I, I think that's what's leading to the craziness. There's an inherent tension to that in our day and age, but that's not the Christian view of justice. The Christian view of justice is, is deeply embedded in who we are, who we we're created to be, and and our tradition, and in fact, Scripture talks about it all the time. So I'm saying, let's pay attention to that. Let's take that mm-hmm. word back. Okay. So if we're going to look at justice from a biblical basis, I mean, from my reading, Brian, from anyone's reading who's opened up the Bible and looked at it, it's not like it's something we get to say yes or no to. This is a mandate of God because it's part of His character. And so if we're His church, it's how we have to be. Absolutely. And I actually think you're exactly right when you say it's part of God's character. There's um, the Westminster for Confession, so any, any Presbyterians out there, shout out to you guys. Uh, <laughs> but they talk about the attributes of God, is, is one of them is justice. And if you look in Scripture and you look at what has often happened, is that when the people of Israel turn and start worshiping idols, this is the Old Testament now, but when they turn and start worshiping idols, that comes all the time with it, forgetting of the widow of the poor, of the orphans. So you see in Isaiah and Jeremiah, the Lord is angry at them, because not only because they've turned away from idols, but they've turned away from the mandate that he's given to them to care for them. Um, and so, you know, um, you, 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 you see this throughout Scripture, and those who would say that we should ignore talking about justice, what I would say to them is, look, you're doing the same thing that many people, uh, sort of the li- liberal Christians today, who feel very uncomfortable with the idea that Jesus had to die for our sins, that sort of notion of substitution. You're doing the same type of thing, and let's not do that. Let's keep the all of Scripture. Yes. But social justice, and you and Kathy have touched on this, right? This is, as a believer, as a Christian, this is our DNA, right? This goes back to Jesus and, of course, okay. carried through, you know, uh, uh, from monks or nuns and the monasteries and the abbeys. Okay, what about, though, the term social justice? I mean, is, yeah, that, yeah. A, is that a recent add-on? 
Well, here historically, we go. I mean, historically is, speaking. This is great stuff. No, no, it's not. And it's a, but it's a great question. It's not a recent add-on. Um, there's a long, long tradition of it. And so here's the thing. What is justice? Justice is giving something, somebody what they deserve, right? That's the, so my kids are, my kids are very intent on justice, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dad, I didn't get what I deserve. I only got two pieces of French toast this morning. Why didn't I get four? Um, Right? So this is, this is, so you can see that there's something inherent in there. Well, there's different understandings of justice. What you guys have just described with the ditch digging, right? That's an econ- a matter of economic justice. You agree to exchange your labor for thus and such. And so the Church has done all kinds of work on that. John Kelvin, Thomas Aquinas, uh, Jean Bethke Elstein, all kinds of people have talked to understood about what justice is. Social justice is a particular aspect of giving, uh, giving somebody what they're due. So, and this is the best way to think about it. Augustine, who uh, you know we at Comment like to talk about, he's one of our sort of great great saints that's talked about it. He said that what is the point of peace? Is the peace is, or the point of peace is not just the absence of war, but it's the tranquility of order. It's the it's it's a place where every institution, every person is functioning according to the way they should and living out the full potential in the way that they were created to be. So social justice really talks about the tranquility between individuals, families, the state, amongst nations, and so on. So it's a broad overlapping term. So I think that's, that's what we mean by that. So Brian, if we're going to talk then about justice, and scripturally speaking, let's just assume that our listeners are going to grant that, yes, justice is something that we have to pursue because it's part of God's character and it's the mandate that he's given us, then what mm-hmm. does that mean? Does that imply a socialistic framework for economic policy or for everyday living? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, I would, you know, socialism, you know, is a, is a making an idol out of the society, is making an idol out of, and, and sort of been turned into the state out of the community, right? And I think that... Um, what 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 we really need to think of is what is what has the church said about these things throughout the ages? And what, so the one first thing I would say is, look, let's not equate social justice. Let's not seed the ground to say that social justice equals socialism. That's mm-hmm. not at all what okay. it means. Mm-hmm. What it means is so, socialism is um, you know depending on how you describe it. Many people go to communism is the control of the economy, control of the entire society by the by the arms of the state. That's not what it means at all. It means an orderly relations amongst a variety of independent institutions and persons. That's the Christian view of social justice. And that, that has a basis in, is in a long tradition of thought, and in fact is the one that people would use to make the case for the limits of the state uh, and the freedom of the church, for instance. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so we need, I'm guessing that you would say that we would need to be uh, we would need to approach each other with open ears and open minds when, you know, conservative would be talking to liberal. I'm talking about this from an American context sure, that we sure. would hear and hopefully hear each other with goodwill that we would be looking for justice, but perhaps we'd, we would be thinking of different mechanisms for it or by That's which right. it would happen. Yeah, that's totally right. I, I would say, look, if if you're wanting to get, you wanted to learn about this, I, you know, this is one thing I keep encouraging Christians to do. Let's not assume the terms of discourse today as being the best terms of discourse. Thank Sometimes you. they're just yeah. terrible. Let's dive deep into our own tradition, and I think there's plenty of us uh, time for to do that. But if you're talking about, um, you know, you're, say you're say you're a conservative, and you know, a liberal says, well, this is social justice. 
ask, ask them some, some, some questions about that. What, well, what does it mean? What does that mean? What would that view of what you're proposing do to the human person? What would it do to the communities that they're a part of? And open up the discussion in that way. Um, and I think, you know, at least that way you can, you know, social justice is a term that is contestable. It's not, you know, it's not clear. I, one of the things I mentioned in my article is that while I think Scripture tells us what justice is and is sufficient, it does not tell us how to accomplish that per se. And so, you know, it's not like Google Maps that says, turn left here, turn right there, right? I mean, if, if Scripture was like that, then, then the Lord wouldn't have given us minds. Um, but, but if you're going to approach it from a conservative little point of view, that's, that's, I think, how you should go about it. Okay, so the overlay, of course, social justice is biblical, but then there are other greater minds who have taken that and amplified that deeper intellectually. Who are those people that we should follow? Well, I mean, a couple of people that I would I would recommend um, following. I mean, one is one one of the I think you know I would say start with scripture to be quite frank. Yeah, start um, with God. Uh, and it's and it is important to spend time in that. And you you just see throughout um, throughout history the amount of times people have appealed to scripture on massive injustices, whether it's slavery, whether it was against communism. Like I, I just note, for instance, that. Um, there's this great book by a scholar named David Martin who talks about forbidden revolutions. And and we sometimes forget it now that we're quite far away from the fall of the Soviet Union. But the Soviet Union was taken down by by people who were Christians, whether they were Reformed or Catholic or Evangelical, Baptist, who were deeply committed to Scripture and who saw that as the sort of inspiration for action to take down that unjust uh, regime. So I'd say you know, look at Augustine, look at some of those figures from, from history like Lech Walesa and, and in Hungary and that type of place. There's, nice. there's plenty there. Brian Dykema and the uh, current issue of Comment Magazine, Who's Afraid of Social Justice? Brian, take a moment and talk to us about Cardis and Comment. Yeah, Cardis is a think tank that tries to actually work out uh, what justice might look like in a whole bunch of areas, whether it's work or economics or education, whether it's religious freedom on family and on marriage. We do all kinds of research and and try to advise states uh, from uh, states, governments, other organizations on how best to do that. We do that from a Christian point of view. And Comment is the magazine that does some of the hard thinking about what, what questions do we need to be asking and, and what's the best way to think about those things. Very nice. Well, Brian, it's always a pleasure. And Brian, you did a, a really, uh, you just did a great job on this social justice piece. And I'm going to post it on our website. So uh, look for it, uh, John and Kathy Show, or on Facebook. I'll tweet it out, Who's Afraid of Social Justice from Comment Magazine. Nice. We appreciate the excellence of Comment and Cardis. Hope that you would uh, follow through as well as Kath posts this. Hey, in a few minutes, we're going to talk about what's happened, of course, with uh, the hurricane this past week and the great kindness and generosity of a man in Florida. So when people first hear about MediShare, they have questions, some really good questions, starting with the obvious. What is it? Well, MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. It's not health insurance. It's a different way of doing things, which leads us to the next question. Why do people do this? Why do they become MediShare members? Here are two of the biggest reasons. Number one, people feel good about it. They're not trapped in a plan that makes them pay for things they don't believe in. They know their money is going to help people. And the second reason, people save a lot of money. Maybe you've heard us mention the typical family saves about $500 a month switching to MediShare. And one more big question, does it work? The answer is yes, a thousand times yes, or 400,000 times, since that's how many MediShare members there are, and they've shared over $2 billion in medical expenses. So easy to find out right now how MediShare can work for you. 
Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber proudly presents the next Innovation Pittsburgh. Thursday evening, September 12th, 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Mars. Join Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald along with the area's leading public transit experts on improving the future of public transportation throughout the North Hills. Come for open networking and hors d'oeuvres at 5, followed by presentations and panel discussion. Tickets and details at pghnorthchamber.com. Society has you thinking otherwise. Well, just remember, there are still plenty of really terrific people in the world. We're reading uh, from today's uh, Tribune Review about a guy in Florida who goes to uh, the local Costco and he buys 100 generators to ship them to the Bahamas in the hopes of aiding the nation's recovery from Hurricane Dorian. Uh, a guy who witnessed this. Now, that he just witnessed this at the local Costco. He said, all I could do was shake his hand and, and say, thanks a lot. The generators cost 450 bucks a piece. And according to uh, the CBS affiliate, the, that post that uh, we're talking about shared more than 17,000 times. Uh, it's just really great. Someone went in there and said, I can do this and I'm going to make it work. That's so awesome. That really is awesome. Good that for is. him. I mean, when you see these photos of before and after the Bahamas, you know, I think all of us, you know, what I know about Bahamas, literally, you could put inside a thimble. Uh, it's just a vacation land, right? I mean, it's off the coast of Florida. It looks like aqua blue beauty. Mm-hmm. And people go there to rest and relax. Although there's, like any island, plenty of local people who are living there and making a living. Right. Their lives change forever. Yeah, and they're making their living from Americans who are going there for vacation and Brits who are going there for vacation, right? right? And so all of that instantly halted. Not only have they lost buildings, homes, 
facilities, right? Your services, income. whatever. Who's going to the Bahamas now? But who's going to go to the Bahamas now? Not I for mean, a it's long just, time. Yeah, it's a it's a recipe for disaster. It surely is. If you're one of those people who looks at that and sees those photographs and wants to reach out, um, we feel the same way, and so that's why we're so excited. We've invited Food for the Poor to join us next week, and we're all going to get together and we're going to raise some money for the people in the Bahamas. That's right. And we're going to go through Food for the Poor, so we're not just going to be like throwing cash into the wind, right? We're going to be giving to a reputable organization that's already set up in the Bahamas, already has services on, is on the ground right now already working yep. and we're going to empower them with our donations right so before you give listen to food for the poor yeah. great integrity yeah. it'll go where it's yeah, supposed that's coming to go. up next week so if you want to give some money hold on to your cash for a little bit and we'll ask you to give and give big next week yep hey uh, during the five o'clock hour we're going to talk about the rise of the bible teaching plato loving homeschool elitists and all that means classical education from a Christian worldview. Stick around. Five o'clock hour, the ride home with John and Kathy here on Word FM and WPIT Radio. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Tornado watches and warnings in effect for the Carolinas as Hurricane Dorian continues its trek up the Atlantic coast. The Category 2 storm has winds around 110 miles an hour as it makes its way northeast. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster says coastal residents still should stay indoors. If you don't need to be out, don't go out. And in this this kind of situation, you don't need to go out. Stay off the streets. Uh, it's very dangerous. A North Myrtle Beach City spokesman says officials believe one or more suspected tornadoes from Dorian damaged several residents and mobile homes in the city Thursday morning. Spokesman Patrick Dowling tells the Associated Press no injuries were reported but several residents were taken to shelters. City officials in North Myrtle Beach say rain is combining with the rising ocean to exacerbate flooding. On Wall Street, the up by 373 points. The Nasdaq rose 140. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Bart. It's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. With special guest Crowder. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. You've all helped build MyPillow and the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. There's even a great body pillow, perfect if you happen to be a side sleeper, regularly $89.99, but with the promo code WORD, you can get one today for only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. 
Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Homeowners love their pillow windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze presents the 2019 Westminster Conference, Friday, September 13th through Saturday, September 14th. Join President Dr. Barry York and leading RPTS authorities in church history, systematic theology, biblical counseling, and more for this year's focus, the Synod of Dort and the Doctrines of Grace. The 2019 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. As a jet car racer, Elaine Larson has had interesting experiences. I hit a wall at 280 miles an hour. While most of us don't race jet cars, we get that life comes with risk. But retirement shouldn't. Elaine purchased an annuity to secure a protected income stream for the rest of her life, so her money won't stop working when she does. Find out more at retireyourrisk.org. Brought to you by the Alliance for Lifetime Income, the sole sponsor of the 2019 Rolling Stones No Filter U.S. Tour. After a pleasantly cool evening, there will be partly cloudy skies tonight, low temperature 56. For tomorrow, sunshine mixing with clouds. It will be comfortable with a high of 77. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 57. And comfortably cool weather continues on Saturday with partly sunny skies and a high temperature of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Bill Skladankis. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. We're having a pre-show meeting around 2.30 today and uh, sitting there watching Mike and Kath and our management here. Mike's drinking a Coke, and I'm thinking, man, that looks good. I'd like to have a Coke. But apparently, I shouldn't be doing that because um, there's a new study out that says... Even if you drink diet soda, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to hasten your death a lot more so than Listen, if you don't. I feel like that's a little like Armageddon-ish. I mean, do we have to go to like early death? Well, <laughs> they well, didn't stop at like ill health. Well, you know, or you know, the headline diabetic reads, issue. They just went to early death. All, here's the headline: Gosh. All soda, even diet, linked to risk of early death. Well, guess what? There's. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I am currently at risk for early death, as are you. Yeah, All of exactly. us are yeah, at yeah. risk of early death. Okay, but they did a research study. Of course, people you know love research studies. Uh, in researchers' continuing mission to ruin everything fun, <laughs> the study shows that uh, so- soda, mm-hmm. even diet soda, can be deadly. 450,000 people in 10 European countries over a 19-year period. They drank. Here's what they found. Subjects who drank two or more glasses, eight ounces, 
That's what they're saying. An eight ounce glass. Who's drinking eight ounces? You're buying a 16 ounce. Is that 16 ounce, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. So that's two glasses. Subjects who drank two or more glasses of any kind of soft drink each day were a higher risk of dying from any cause than those who drank one or less. Those who drank diet soda. What about all the other variables in these people's lives? What? Smoking and alcohol. Living near a volcano. Like whatever. Well, you know, but this is something that you can break your habit of. Right. But I'm just saying, I don't know if I buy that just because these people had an early death, it was linked to soda. Well, here's what they say. Uh, Those who drank diet soda were positively associated with deaths from circulatory disease while regular soda drinkers were linked to death from digestive diseases, like disease of the, <laughs> disease of the liver, pancreas, <laughs> mm-hmm. appendix, and intestines. Are you, you feeling good, Mike? All soda drinkers were linked to an increased risk for Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. They say that sugar, of course, is not good for us in large amounts. We know that it's pretty clear-cut. It increases inflammation in the body, leads to a whole host of health conditions. The countries that were included in the in the study, UK, France, Germany, Greece, Italy, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. They said, instead of trying to go cold turkey, just pull yourself back a little bit at a time. Okay? Mike, how, how's your digestion? Fantastic. Great. He's in there. I think he's just Fantastic. been there burping a little bit. I, we, no, no one thinks soda's good for them. No. So you should drink less soda. Right. Remember, for many years, the soda manufacturers were putting soda machines in schools. Right. That's a horrible right? idea. There's, now, a, there's soda machines there's in, in my kid's high school. Is there really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a horrible idea. There never there never was when I went there. Yeah. Um, because my children go to the same school that I did. Um, but there are now. And I think that that's, that's a really bad idea. So it's a profit center for, this, for the right, schools. Exactly. Right, exactly. So they're going to publish the, and talk about this study in class while they all go down and right. spend their buck 25 on a can of soda. Now, you're not a soda drinker, are you? I love it, but I only drink it on Sunday. One, so- one soda a week? Uh-huh. Yeah. One soda. Or if for some strange reason I have pizza on a day that's not Sunday, it has to be a pizza day. actively linked with pizza. Really? I don't want pizza if I can't have a soda to go with it. Really? No, it's like when I, like when I go to Minio's, I'll have like an iced tea. Really? Yeah. I, don't I can't it. do that. No. For some reason in my head, I have combined those two. They are inextricably linked. No kidding. Cannot have A without B. What about flavored carbonated water? Well, it's, I guess it all depends upon sugar, right? This is the yeah. deal. Sugar. Yeah. Sugar is the killer. Is it sugar or is it anything else in soda? It's particularly the sugar? Yeah. I mean, I know that that's most, but are they saying that there's something else happening there's chemically in the soda? 65 grams of sugar in this eight ounce Coke. That's a lot. How, that is a lot. How many teaspoons is 65 grams? Any idea? That's a good question. Don't know. A lot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, but look, you know, it's not just the sugar. There's all sorts of additives and chemicals and all that other junk that's in there. But, you know, have a Coke and a smile, right? Uh, 13 teaspoons. Is what? 65 grams? Mm-hmm. 13 teaspoons in a bottle of Coke? 13 That's te- a lot. Oh, that my. Is- That's a ton. <laughs> That's a ton of sugar. Now, if you, you put it like that, right, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, wait. 13. Now, wait. I just did it again, and it came up 15.6. 15? It's getting worse. Wait a second. I feel like Coke today was not the same like this there's 65 grams of sugar in today's coke yeah Yeah. was it like that when it just that's a good question i don't know i 
I wouldn't be surprised if they... But here's the thing. When New Coke came out, it was such a disaster. They went back to classic Coke. Is that the original from the very, very beginning of Coke? Here's the deal. And you know this from visiting the Coke Museum. Depending upon where you live in the world, right? The Coke Coke is different. Yeah. So when I was in Europe, I had had Coke in two different countries in Europe. Mm -hmm. And it was actually different in both countries. Uh Uh-huh. And it was Sweetness. definitely different than in the U.S. Yeah. yeah. I'll be, it is much sweeter in Europe yeah. than really? here. So there's more sugar. I don't know if it's more sugar or there's more, less of something else, but the overall feeling is sweeter. Hmm. It's also, you know, they don't, these crazy people over there, and I loved Germany and Holland so much. I loved it. I'd go back tomorrow. But what is these their problem with people. ice? What is their problem with ice? Oh, there's no ice. So I don't know if it's different because I'm drinking at room temperature also. Right. Which is horrible, and I wish that they could be happy. Right. And now, there's something. Speaking of being happy, there's something horrible that's gone on in the Word FM studios today what? that I'm happy to bring to air because I need some kind of support from decent people what do you mean awful? out there. Decent people. Now, listen. Oh, oh, oh. Find us on Facebook, oh, right. the ride home with John and Kathy, because there's a photograph posted of what Mike did. <laughs> now, Mike ordered a pizza yesterday. Jet's Pizza is really, really good, by the way. There were two pieces left over. Yep. And instead of acting like an adult and putting it in a Ziploc bag and refrigerating it or putting it in aluminum foil and refrigerating it or even, dare I say, just putting the whole pizza box in the refrigerator, yeah. where'd you leave it, Mike? I left it in my studio on the shelf. Is Wait. It, is so it refrigerated Kenny, in your studio? No. Nah. Your, your studio is Kenny's studio. Yeah. And so, it, he, he walked in this morning oh. and, and said to me, Mike, it smelled really, really good in the studio today. I loved it. Oh, he liked the yeah. smell. Mm-hmm. I thought he would, might disparage it. Okay, so then you came in during the you know after the show meeting today at three o'clock or so and said you want to eat this. And quite honestly, I started to salivate. It looked pretty darn good. It looked so. It looked like it had been run over no, by no. a truck. I, I I think most people are going to say I'm going to eat that. It is grotesque. Look for the photograph on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. In fact, I think we should tweet it out, too, and see if we can get as much, you know. uh, The question is, would you eat one-day-old pizza that was left out on the shelf? Now, listen, let me, no refrigeration. Right. I mean, this is, I don't don't know what to say about it. Uh, What I'd say is, yummy. No, it... Give me that. All right. So people are voting. 22 people have voted already. I'd like to see many more votes than this. Um, there are people who are very reasonable, who have weighed in. Yeah. Very reasonable. Um, and some people, like, here's my mom, Nan. Yeah, good. She's on your side. Would she eat it? Is. She says, if gluten-free, absolutely. Yeah. Even two days old would be no problem. Two days Listen, outside. do not... No, no, no. We're talking not refrigerated. What about food We're poisoning? We're talking refrigerated. Amber oh says this. Oh, my gosh. Gross. Nothing is worth food poisoning. That's a solid no. You can't Thank get you, food Amber. poisoning from pizza? No, no, after Mike. That's not old, true. No, no. It sits out. After a day old? No, no. You can't. You can't. Come on. It's it's cheese. It's milk-based. You know, you're going to get something funky. You were the one who was telling him to eat it, and you were <laughs> and salivating. Sure well, I'll tell you, it was, it was still really, really good. It looked really good. Look at that photo. I mean, Kathy's amazing. that photo looks funky, but I think it looks good. Funky? I got 15 yeses, five noes, and one only if microwaved. We, Leftover one-day-old we pizza. We are not Philistines. People. Yes or no? WORD. Who do you think are the hardest people to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Muslims? Hindus? Buddhists? What about atheists? 
We'll find out how our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, answers that question this week as our study in the wild and wonderful Old Testament book of Ezekiel continues on Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll save a seat on the Bible bus just for you. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team, at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at SalemMedia.com slash careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, is an equal opportunity employer. If you would have asked evangelical Christians in the 1950s how they felt about Plato, if they had read Aristotle, um, how... uh, Dante's Divine Comedy affected their understanding of the world or their understanding of God or their understanding of discourse, whatever it is, Uh, they would say, well, I would guess, since I wasn't there, but I would guess they would say it has no bearing. It is absolutely no. I mean, we're... Because it wasn't a Christian text? Right. We're committed to the Christian text. We're committed to our knowledge of the Gospels. We're committed to the, the, um, especially the Reformed saints um and i use that in quotation marks um the great you know fathers of the faith and anything beyond that we don't have any purpose in now things have changed since then i would say like from maybe the halfway through the 1960s there's been a change but you know 
two things, um, well, more than two things, but two things I can think of right now really impacted me in my love of all kinds of learning and caused me to open up my eyes to all sorts of different types of worldly learning, you know, Greek classics or English literature or whatever it is. One of them was being involved in the Coalition for Christian Outreach when I was in college because they were the ones that encouraged me to open up my head and to recognize that it's a big world and that all truth is God's truth. I shouldn't be afraid of something because it's not a Christian book. That was the first thing. The second thing was reading C.S. Lewis, The Older I Got. And then I have to say that a book by our next guest really helped me along the way. Uh, Lewis Marcos is, is with us today, and he's the author of a book I read. It was the very first book I read when I got this job here at the station called From Achilles to Christ. I really appreciated that book. I'm thrilled to talk to him today. Lewis Marcos is professor in English and scholar-in-residence at Houston Baptist University, and he holds the Robert H. Ray Chair in Humanities. He's the author of 19 books, including the one I just mentioned, From Achilles to Christ, Why Christians Should Read the Pagan Classics. Louis Marcos, welcome in. Thanks so much for having me, and you're calling me on a great day, because just today I signed a contract with InterVarsity Press for a book called From Plato to Christ, a sort of sequel to From Achilles to Christ. Seriously, (laughs) seriously. It's perfect timing. timing. It's, It's What's happening here is just so beautiful to me. It's, we often call this bringing Athens and Jerusalem together. Mm. Athens means the Greco-Roman yeah. tradition, and of course uh, Jerusalem means the Judeo-Christian, and that we can bring them together here. And where do we bring them together? A place called Mars Hill, right, where Paul right. spoke, the Areopagus, right, Acts 17. This is where the so much excitement is happening, and it's happening amongst the least likely people. conservative evangelical Christians embracing the classics at the very moment that the so-called Ivy Leagues are throwing them out. God has a sense of humor. Right. Okay, so Louis, as Kathy brought you in and she described um, an imagined scenario, do you think there's truth to that? You know, that there was a time that Christians would, and they would say, no, we, we don't want to read Plato. Aristotle has no bearing on our lives as people of faith. They did. And, and I mean, you know, a lot of times in the, in the very beginning of the Christian homeschooling movement 50, 60 years ago, a lot of them were called Bible-only people. What do we need outside the Bible to learn? And especially what can we learn from pre-Christian writers who are pagans, who don't have access to the Bible, who don't know Christ? Can we really learn wisdom from them, or will we be led astray? And of course, that was linked sometimes to a suspicion of medieval work because it was too Catholic. I mean, Augustine, he's, he's okay, but once you move forward into Dante and Aquinas, well, maybe this is a little bit so, you know, you know, that kind of circling the wagons. Let's, let's you know, uh, separate yourself from the unbeliever, right? And kind of an Old, te- Old Testament ethos, if you will. Let's, let's pull out of that, and all we need is the Bible, and let's focus on that. And so, yeah, there was a definite suspicion. Uh, and and they kind of we don't need this stuff. Why 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 do we need anything when we've got the Bible? And I, like you said, you can add in Luther and Calvin and others. But what do we need this classic literature? Won't it lead us astray? And so there's a fear element. There, there, there is definitely a fear element. A little bit of fear, a little bit of intimidation, right. a little bit of why risk confusing our children when we've got this good Bible curriculum right Yeah, see, that's the part that I think is particularly insidious, at least from my perspective and experience, is the fact that that we hold tightly to the truth of Jesus while at the same time saying, I don't know if it's going to stand up. Yeah. 
And it's part of it, I mean, part of it goes back, I talk a little bit about this in my article on Christianity Today, that, okay, at the core, of course, of Calvinism, Reformed theology, is the, the phrase total depravity. But I really think that that phrase was really misunderstood for a lot of the 20th century. Hmm. Total depravity means, what it's supposed to mean, is that every part of us has been subjected to the fall. Our body, our soul, our mind, our reason, our imagination. There's no part of us that's, like, perfect. But to many people throughout the 20th, even before in the 19th century, they thought of total depravity as utter depravity. I mean, you can see this, for instance, in a non-Christian writer like Mark Twain. If you read Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, you, you get this idea that the Christians have this incredibly dark view of humanity, that we are just complete trash, almost as if we've lost the image of God. But that's not what total depravity means. It just means that, that we are fallen and depraved. But we are still, you know, let, let's put it this way. At the very, the, the theological core of any belief that we can read and learn from the pagan classics goes down to something that is actually in the opening section of Calvin's Institutes. It's also in the opening two chapters of the Calvinist Bible. If you're wondering what the Calvinist Bible is, that's the Book of Romans, okay? If you read Romans 1 and 2, and you read the first section of Calvin's Institutes, you will see the key distinction between general revelation and special revelation. General revelation is the way that God speaks to all people, through our conscience, through creation, to, to a certain extent through our imagination, through our reason. It's the way God speaks to all people. Special revelation is the way he speaks to us directly, through the prophets, through the Old and New Testament, through Christ. Lewis, now, sorry. Hey, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just, long. <laughs> Lewis Marcus is with us. The Rise of the Bible Teaching Plato-loving homeschool elitist is the cover story of this month's Christianity Today. So let's go um, back to a scriptural basis. You mentioned Paul in Acts 17. Um, so let me read a little bit of this for our listeners who aren't familiar with it um, so that we get a foundation for what we're talking about. Uh, it's This is starting in verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the market place day by day with those who happen to be there. So what does, help us to flesh that out. What does that mean that Paul was doing? What can that mean for us? Most of the people he was talking about were Epicureans and Stoics, a lot of them influenced by Plato and other things. And here is Paul. And remember who Paul is. Paul is, is of course, Jewish by the law, but he's Greek in terms of culture and education, and he's Roman in terms of citizenship. He's the new man that brings them all together. And here he is in Athens, the, the first great university town, and he is trying to speak to them and to build bridges. And that's exactly what he does. I mean, literally, he sees a tomb to an unknown God, and in his mind he says, here's the bridge, mm -hmm. here's the general revelation bridge, right? And so he says to them, I see in all ways you are a very religious people, for you have altars to every god. You even have an altar to an unknown god. And then he speaks the word that I believe the entire ancient world, Greco-Roman world, was waiting to hear. Now, therefore, what you worship in ignorance, I will proclaim to you as known. And he goes on to build a bridge, and he says, look, the Lord God does not dwell in temples made by human hands, for he doesn't need us. And at one man, he created all the races of men. He set their time and spaces that they might reach after him and grope after him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As your own poets, your own pagan poets have said, we are his offspring. 
Now, a lot of people don't realize that Paul was quoting two pagan poets. One pagan poet said, his name was Epimenides, in him we live and move and have our being. Another one named Aratus said, we are his offspring. Mm. In the original quote, the he is Zeus. But Paul was saying that without knowing it, they are making, you might call it a pagan prophecy that will point ahead. And I'm building a bridge and I'm taking you from something that you know that is truthful. I would say, look, the Bible says we, we see now dimly in a mirror. Maybe the pagans saw very dimly in a dirty mirror, but they saw something. There's general revelation there. And Paul is trying to build the bridge. And that place was called the Areopagus, or if you translate it into Latin, Mars Hill. And that's why there are so many Christian groups now called Mars Hill. They're trying to build bridges, not always with pagans, sometimes with the neo-pagans, right? The, the, the new New Age people, we still use that phrase. They're trying to find a meeting place where we can lead them upward into Christ, because all truth is God's truth. The way I like to put it quickly, instead of saying Christianity is the only truth, I prefer to say Christianity is the only complete truth, because there are bits and pieces of truth everywhere, but only in Christ, only in the Bible, do we find truth in its complete form. But we can take that and lead it up. That's the vision, you know, that's the mission. Uh, It's behind my university and so many of these growing classical Christian schools, homeschoolers. We believe that we are stewards of this literature, and that we can find Christ in there. Mm-hmm. We've got to work hard, and we've got to be careful. Thank God we have the Bible and Christ as our guide. We have a touchstone, right? We're not on our own, but we, 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 we can do it. Uh, and I think Christ wants us to. We need to reach out and build bridges. That's why, you know, the Quran is not the Quran, except in classical Arabic, as far as real Muslims are concerned. Not for Christians. We need to translate our Bible into every language. We're reaching out. I love those uh, uh, Jesus Film Project folks reaching out to every culture and leading them upward. So, Lewis, talk to us then about homeschoolers, the cover story that you wrote for Christianity Today, and their embrace of the classics, because that was not always the case. No, it, it really is. I, I really do think God has a sense of humor. There's a famous book called How the Irish Saved Civilization by Thomas Cahill, and he showed that most of the pagan Greco-Roman classics were preserved by the least likely people. A bunch of monks in the middle of Ireland preserved this. Well, I say that as we move into a new dark age, where we're losing our classics, losing our tradition, God has raised up the least people you would ever imagine. It's like choosing Frodo to bring the ring, and it's the least likely people. And yet I love how God chooses these very conservative Christian homeschoolers and gave them a passion for the, and, and when I say the classics, I mean Homer, Virgil, Plato, Aristotle, Sophocles, or Cicero, gave them a passion. And they, what they started to do is they started to come up with curriculums and take their students through it. And then sometimes you might have one person who was really good at that, maybe an English major, and they would take a group of homeschoolers through it. And now it has morphed into what are usually called university model schools, where if I'm a homeschool dad, my kids are home three days a week, but two days a week they go to a school and take classes in the classics, in Latin, and sometimes science, other things. Uh, and it, it's a hybrid model. So we're still homeschooling. It's still out of the school. And also it's not super, super expensive because it's just two days a week. Uh, and that has grown rapidly along with full-time classical Christian schools, like a private school that your kids go to five days a week. So, Lewis, uh, read, study with no fear. Yeah, that's it. We are teaching them that, you know, we, again, we have the measure, we have the touchstone, we have the yardstick. 
We can read without fear because we can test what we're reading against the full revelation of Christ. That's Louis Marcos, professor in English and scholar in residence at Houston Baptist University. He holds the Robert H. Ray Chair in Humanities. He's the author of a terrific book from, called From Achilles to Christ, Why Christians Should Read the Pagan Classics. Are you self-employed or own a business and have a debt of more than $10,000 to the IRS or haven't filed taxes in over two years? Pay close attention. With a call to Oxford Tax Partners, you will find a solution to your worries. 888-512-5281. The consultation is free. 888-512-5281. I thought a payment plan was the only option with the IRS until Oxford Tax Partners settled my tax debt completely. Call 888-512-5281 if the federal or state authorities have taken aggressive action against you or your business, Oxford's team of tax attorneys will help you settle your debt every step of the way. Oxford Tax Partners has helped clients in all 50 states, including many in your area. Call today, and in addition to your free consultation, save $600 in services. 888-512-5281. With Oxford Tax Partners, say goodbye to tax worries and hello to greater financial freedom. 888-512-5281. 888-512-5281. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 14th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 14th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. After a pleasantly cool evening, there will be partly cloudy skies tonight, low temperature 56. For tomorrow, sunshine mixing with clouds. It will be comfortable with a high of 77. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy with a low 57. And comfortably cool weather continues on Saturday with partly sunny skies and a high temperature of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Bill Skladenkis.
We've been talking about leftover pizza. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. People have been chiming in on our Facebook page about it. And a lot of people are... In our favor of eating the pizza as it should be eaten. Yeah, and I I just feel like it's an irresponsible choice. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, listen to this. Um, Food, apparently, is always a flashpoint for emotions. Uh, There is um, a a person in Australia who is, uh, her name is Scylla Carden, a vegan a vegan massage therapist <laughs> who lives in the western Australian city of Perth. She believes that her neighbors were using a barbecue as a new front in a long-running war between neighbors. Mm-hmm. They've put the barbecue there, so I smell fish, and all I can smell is fish. I can't enjoy my backyard. I can't go out there, that uh, Carden told the Nine News Perth. Carden believes that barbecuing is not just a family preparing their supper, but part of a campaign to irritate her, which is why she filed a lawsuit <laughs> in the Supreme Court of the state of Western Australia, Australia claiming that her neighbors um, breached residential laws. It's deliberate. That's what I told the courts. It's deliberate. What uh, she wants is to deliver life in peace. She said she also took issue with cigarette smoke in their garden because the fumes waft over the fence into her yard. She's also frustrated by the sound of neighborhood children playing and making noise. The legal saga has dragged on since 2017. But apparently the Supreme Court ruled uh, in in the favor of the neighbors and they say, quote, what they are doing, the neighbors, is living in their backyard and their home as a family. But apparently the woman, Carden, was not ready to give up yet. She filed an appeal. That, too, was dismissed by the court. And apparently she's thinking about moving. When you're complaining about kids playing, you know Listen, you've gone over the top. This is someone in the no-fun zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not even like, you know, when you read it, barbecue, you think, you know, she, the, the odor of meat right. being cooked. Mm-hmm. This is just fish. I don't know. That's pathetic. Yeah. You, know, you, you just need to move someplace else. Move to the country. Maybe live alone. In yeah. a, move to Mars. It, yeah. in, in a secluded environment. Right, right. All right. Speaking of a secluded environment. Yeah. I'd like to put the pizza that Mike ate in a secluded environment. I think it's too late. It's it, already it, ate. It, it's secluded in his stomach. It's Listen, digesting as we something's speak. Something's happened that I, I can't get over. I, it just seems like people have lost their minds. Why? Find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, and look at it. There's this... There are these two sickening pieces of pizza that New Mike ordered. No, yes- they're not sickening. Ordered they're yesterday, good. and then could only finish. Uh, could not finish two pieces. And instead of putting them away in the refrigerator like a civilized person, he left them out on the counter, out on the desk of his studio, which mm-hmm. is already hot. It's already hot in there. Anyway, he comes in today at three p.m., a good fifteen hours after it was delivered here to the Word FM studios, and says. You guys think I should eat this? Oh yeah, he tried to give it to me a little it earlier in the like day. It looked like it been it had been beaten around a tree by a wild animal. I think that's it pretty how darn bad good. it looked. tasted. Great. The question is: Would you eat one day old pizza that was left out on the shelf? Yes, no, or only if microwaved? We have many people weighing in, and to be honest, I'm disappointed. Why? Because but, people are speaking the truth. They're on your side. Julie says, Julie says, yes, my parents never refrigerated leftover pizza when I was a kid, never had a problem. Mm. Beth says, growing up, we never put our leftover pizza in the fridge and always ate it the next day. My family still does that. So, yes, I would eat it. Hannah says, you mean that's not how you store leftover pizza? <laughs> like her. Yeah. She says, if we prayed over it, then it's blessed and you're being a good steward. 
just not wasting precious provision. Mm-hmm. Jim says, <laughs> I worked in the pizza industry for years and ate pizza that had been left over countless times, left out countless times. My one rule about pizza is that it is always best eaten in its current state. Pizza never wants to be reheated. Pizza doesn't care if it is refrigerated. Just enjoy the magic of pizza as it is. Here's one of my favorite responses. This is from Anne Marie. I would totally eat it. I'm not entirely proud about it, but I would eat it. (laughs) (laughs) And Deborah says, nope. She's on your side. Nope. And especially not with meat on it. Don't think that's safe. You deserve a fresh one. Hey, Kathy, it's John, a microbiology and biophysics major from University of Pittsburgh. Look at him dropping his degrees. Do it, do it. Like that's supposed to, you know, alter me or something. He says, under the most ideal conditions... With medium and controlled temperatures, I could only ever get bacteria to replicate in 11 hours. So you're not going to die from food poisoning in 24 hours Thank you. from one-day-old pizza. You. I don't know yeah. if he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He only has a microbiology and biophysics degree. See, he knows. This is, this is from the source, knows. okay? I don't know if he knows. Bev says, if there was no meat and just cheese or vegetables, yes, but not with pepperoni on it. I mean, the pepperoni's already been cooked. It's like cured meat. So you're good to go. I don't know. You know what this is? This is scavenger behavior. This no, is no, you, it's not. Yeah, it is. Animals that are classified as scavengers <laughs> are eating something that's already dead. No, no. Okay, that pizza was dead. No, no. A good Absolutely. eighteen hours ago, no. you have eaten it. You are you are in a scavenger category. Waste edible. not, want not, is what I say. Mm-hmm. Okay? Amen. Waste All right, not, want not. If you not. want to weigh in, find good. us the ride home with John and Kathy, and look at this horrible picture. And Seriously, try to act like you're an adult. I was salivating when Mike came in with the box. I look at the photo and I continue to salivate. That's I sick. wish I would have just had a piece. John. All right, just saying. All right. Take a break. Come back. We got lots more ahead. The Loch Ness Monster is real. Oh, come on. Yes. We're going from leftover pizza to the Loch Ness Monster. I like it. What has happened to us? We've fallen off the cliff. Stick around for that. Loch Ness Monster. Is he really real? Yes. He's real. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. God is saying to his people, to his church, you're going to be fruitful. You're going to be blessed beyond measure, and there will be incredible joy in bearing spiritual children. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. I'm not an actor. I was not compensated in any way for this. Byron bought a timeshare. After 12 years of endless fees and broken promises, he wanted out. I saw an ad about a company that talked about being able to get you out of your contract, and they would sell your timeshare. They ripped me off. I found out later on that the market for timeshares is non-existent. So he turned to Wesley Financial Group. They had a very good Better Business Bureau rating. And after reading all the testimonials, I felt like I wanted to give them a chance. Wesley Financial Group got Byron out of his timeshare contract legally. If you are like me and you would like to get out of this contract, I strongly urge you to get a hold of Wesley Financial Group. They are honest and good people, and I just want to thank them from the bottom of my heart. For your free information kit, call 800-349-8877. 800-349-8877. Again, 800-349-8877. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel, 
What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber proudly presents the next Innovation Pittsburgh. Thursday evening, September 12th, 5 to 7.30 p.m. at the Doubletree by Hilton and Mars. Join Allegheny County Executive Rich Fitzgerald along with the area's leading public transit experts on improving the future of public transportation throughout the North Hills. Come for open networking and hors d'oeuvres at 5, followed by presentations and panel discussion. Tickets and details at pghnorthchamber.com. Put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at SalemMedia.com slash careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, is an equal opportunity employer. I have always thought that the Loch Ness Monster exists. What? Always. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's not. Oh, come on. The Loch no. Ness Monster. Listen. How about Bigfoot? No. I don't know about Bigfoot. <laughs> but I am persuaded about Nessie. And I felt strongly about it. I'm very excited whenever I hear a story about it, especially when it's a story that validates my oh, of point course. of view. I don't believe it because for a minute. you've been very hard on me over the years about this, job. I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because I think it's ridiculous, the Loch Ness Monster. It's just one of those old tales. It's not an old tale. There's photographic evidence. I'm sure Uh you've seen it. Uh This is from today's uh, London Telegraph, and it's good news from my point of view. (laughs) It sounds like a giant eel lurking in the depths of Loch Ness may be the creature behind the sighting. Uh uh Okay? This might be what we're talking about. Are you ready for the latest news? Oh, please, yeah. Okay. Fill me in. The Loch contains surprise amounts of eel DNA that could explain the enduring legend. Maybe there's just a lot of eels. No. What about the photographic evidence? Okay, just pipe down for a minute. Researchers from New Zealand, John, extracted genetic samples at different depths all over the lock in a bid to establish what lives in there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because they wanted to go about this scientifically. Okay? However, in a blow for people like me, they didn't find actual evidence of reptilian DNA. Thank you. Which Thank I you. thought they would find. Okay. So there, uh, the thing I was holding on to is that there maybe was a dinosaur in there. There's no photograph. Like a of Jurassic. It. They called it a plesiosaur. I thought that's what it was. No. Okay. I think after all this time. So there's no evidence of reptilian DNA. No. Okay. Also, they did not find DNA that would support a large fish, such as a sturgeon or catfish mm-hmm. or a wandering shark. Yeah, good. I never bought that. I really thought it was more the, the dinosaur thing. Yeah. Okay. But Neil Gemmel from the University of Otago said that the sheer volume of DNA samples found in the study from eels was a surprise. It is possible, he said, that some of the creatures have grown so large... They look like monsters. Come on. Yes. Well, what about they underwater? Look, they no. are huge eels. They are mon- Nessie is real. She's a gigantic eel living in Scotland. There's been multiple Deep studies down. about this. And, and, and now, if they wanted to, they put one of those little mini subs in the lock. 
They could find this thing if they wanted to, if he existed. I just she. think it's it's a she. I think that's been determined. What? I don't now know. you know I the sex of the Loch Ness I monster. I made that up. But no. Nessie, I mean, her name is is feminine. Oh, no. Nessie. I mm-hmm. think that you know they would find it if it truly did exist. There is a significant no very significant amount of eel DNA. This is a quote from him. We can't discount the possibility that what people see and believe to be the Loch Ness Monster might be a giant eel. Hmm. Wouldn't that be awesome? Would it, would it, the eel comes up? I'd love to see, see little it. Head? Believe me, if it existed, I'd love to see it. Yeah, but, it's but the same you're thing. such a doubter. No, it's the same thing as what? The, the, the Bigfoot. This is just some urban no, legend that's not true. that has turned itself what about into the, truth what, for some what people. What about the Chupacabra? Isn't, what is that? Isn't that persuasive? No, none that's of that is. That's the one in Brazil. Mike, what do you think about the Chupacabra? That's it's like I think Area that's 51. Thing. It's not. Same thing. No, no, that's like the wolf thing. That, that's like the wolf animal that people have seen and photographed. Mm-mm. It seems totally creepy. <laughs> I don't buy it for a second. I honestly no. goodness, I really don't. I like that. I'd prefer to talk uh, just about Okay, pizza. listen. Okay, back to Loch Ness. Yeah. Okay. Divers have claimed that they've seen eels that are as thick as their legs in the loch. That could be it. that could be when Nessie was smaller, but now she's so large that she is who she is, and she's she, she's like ruling the depths. So usually, you know, you're very um, even. You're very uh, what I would say logical. Mm. This is totally illogical not, thing. Not, uh, what's the fascination with look, this? I'm this looking, is like something look, on the History Channel. Look, you've seen this photograph. Oh, yeah. but, that is that is the worst photograph. No, it is not. A, that is a fascinating. It's this that, grainy black and white image of what? I'm not even sure what it is. I believe it's not some prehistoric beast that's wandering the depths of the of the water. Around ten unexplained sightings still reported every year. What year was that photograph? Any idea? Um, 1960 looks like black and white. 1933. Grainy. 33. Oh. George Spicer said he saw a most extraordinary form of animal cross the road, leaving torn undergrowth in its wake. The following year, a respected surgeon, so we're talking 1934, called Colonel Robert Wilson, claimed to have taken the most notorious photograph of the monster, apparently rearing its head from the lake. From 1933. So what do you think the lifespan is of the Loch Ness Monster? Okay, the picture was later revealed to be a fake, Uh. and in fact showed a toy monster brought from Woolworths by a disgruntled hoaxer by the name of Christian Sperling. But since then, since then... They've done a lot of experiments, including underwater vehicles and sonar. Mm. And, I mean, up to this point, they failed to find conclusive See, evidence of a monster. There's nothing there. However, 10 unexplained sightings still reported every year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, just it's the I'm same still, thing as like a UFO. I'm still very excited by it. And it's in Scotland. People have mm-hmm. a pint or two. They get a little bleary-eyed. I don't need you a pint. You can see a lot of things. I think that this is a lot of evidence from people who... See a similar thing every year over right. many decades. Wouldn't it be great to go there and visit? Yes, because what if you saw it? Would you believe it? Well, if I saw some creature with my own eyes, of course you're going to... Even you know, after all these years of being on public the airwaves and saying, no, it's a bunch of bunk. Well, I mean, the proof's there. If I'm seeing it with my own eyes, if I took a photograph of it even more so, or... If, God forbid, the Loch Ness Monster was real, it passed away, it floated to the top of the loch, and they brought it ashore. Oh, so, and maybe and maybe it'll just come visit you in Forest Hills. If I mean, conducted... like, what are you asking for everything to be delivered? No, no, I'm just saying, you know, you, you want to see the physical proof. I don't want to be a doubting Thomas, but clearly, someone goes, to the work, they're going to find the thing in Woolworths, doctor a photograph, and make... Come Mike, on, you want to weigh in on this? You got nothing. I, no, I got something. Come on. So I'm looking at the Washington Free Beacon right yeah. now. 
Mm-hmm. Feds are spending $149,927 studying Bigfoot and Tales of Sea Monsters. Oh, come on, you guys. And national parks. Mm-hmm. Listen, don't you want to know? I'm telling you, there's more going on there than we think. This is not even worth a discussion. Embrace the mystery. It really isn't. Bigfoot? Wouldn't that be awesome? I don't believe it's worth the discussion. It really isn't. I'm telling you, the chupacabra, that's the next one. I don't think it's worth $149,000, but... That wolf thing, though, isn't that scary? It's crazy. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Big blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Indeed. Used by over 3 million businesses for hiring. Where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions. Then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. As Christians, we're called to take the gospel to others. And medicine gives the opportunity to provide both physical and spiritual health. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. If you're a doctor, dentist, nurse, medical student, or other healthcare professional who's interested in using your skills to share the good news in this country or around the world, check us out at cmda.org. I often look like you do, Kath, to see uh, whose birthday is that day. And today is like, like a, a good celebrity birthday. It's like a perfect trifecta of celebrity birthdays. Um, Michael Keaton, his birthday today. 
Bob Newhart, his birthday today. Awesome. And Raquel Welsh. So beautiful. Her birthday today. Are you kidding me? Three famous people on one day. Holy smokes, they got a home run. Okay, so Michael Keaton is how old? Uh, Michael Keaton is, I I guess he's late 60s. Yeah, I want to say, I'm going to guess that he's 69. Okay. I'm going to look that up. He's 68. All right, good. He's 68. Bob Newhart is how old? I know how old Bob Newhart is. Okay. Bob Newhart today is 90 years old. That is so terrific. That is so terrific. 90 years old. wonder how he's doing. I don't know how he's doing. 90. Hope he's sharp and still agile. You know, I was in Chicago a couple years ago, and um, out on the Navy Pier, there is a sculpture of the psychiatrist's office. (laughs) And you can sit sit there with him. From the old TV show? Yeah. So I have photographs of me with Bob. Oh, no kidding. It's fabulous. It's so funny. Now, Bob Newhart first made his mark as a stand-up comedian, and that sense of humor is something of another time. It's... Mike, do you have a, a, any any samples of Bob Newhart? Let's, let's listen to something. I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what what you're saying is you're uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes, yes, that's it. All right, well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. Here, here they are. Stop it! <laughs> so that okay. wouldn't be allowed. No. Today? No. No, yeah, that would be. I mean, that, no. that show would still play today. I don't. I, I think that would be. You, you'd have all sorts of people who are actual claustrophobics who would be complaining that no, he was minimized. No. Yes, I don't think yeah. so. You there's, know, yes, no, definitely. No. There's too no. many sensitive people. Come oh yeah. On, oh you yeah. Guys. Oh, there's no way that would play today. No That's way. Just, it's just a joke. I mean, that kind of yeah. Humor comedians still have been saying that for the last three years as they've been blackballed. Well, anyway, that was a classic show. Suzanne Plachette. Plachette was his on-screen wife, wife right? Yes. Nine then, years old. And then in the second show, which was terrific also, just called Newhart, his wife was Fran. I don't know. Fran. I can't think of Fran's last name. Thresher. No. 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 In the first show, wasn't the dentist, like his neighbor, the dentist? Uh, the pilot. In? Wasn't the pilot? Who no, lived but next- like in the professional uh, office, he had like a dentist. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Tall, yeah, his, that was across the hall. I mean, just a, a really odd strange, you know, kind of quirky, gentle humor. It was just a wonderful, really wonderful show. Okay, give me your take on Raquel Welsh. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Fabulous. Now, I'm pretty sure she was in Bullet, right? Is she in no, Bullet? no, she was No, in that's Bullet. Jacqueline Bissett. Yes. Yeah, Raquel Welsh's uh, acting career really wasn't A little much. sketchy. Yeah, you I mean, know. she's famous for being beautiful. Beautiful and busty, right? right? Yes. I mean, she was the, the pinnacle of the 60s sex symbol. Yes. Especially, yeah, yeah. you know, early to mid-60s. Right. So different than now when everybody is like razor thin and on the verge of emaciation. Right. That is not the way Raquel right. was. I, I would say it went from Marilyn Monroe and mm-hmm. then the baton was passed to right. Raquel Welsh. Right, right. 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 At 79 years of age. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No question about it. Um, She was also born in Chicago. Was she though? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I wonder if she ran into Bob Newhart from time to time. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to hear that conversation. Uh, she was married four times. 
Mm. Oh, I, mean, I was going to say no, twice to the same person, but that's not true. No, no, four. She was married four times, um, and she's two children, and uh, seventy nine years old. And I can't think of really a single film or film. TV show. I mean, she was just you know at some point she, she was just a became a celebrity. Gun. Naked gun, yeah, yeah. just as, the, as herself. Right. Yes, exactly. Right, she's one of those people. She would, you know, not that she's as vapid by any stretch of the imagination. She would be the Kardashian of the age in a way. In many ways, she was famous just as a sex symbol, famous for being famous. She was in Victor Victoria on Broadway. Was she? She though? took over for Julie Andrews. So and, she had some acting chops. Uh, Julie Andrews started that, Liza Minnelli, and then she went in the next year. Really? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be a little disappointed if you thought we were going to see Julie Andrews in, in Victor Victoria and then you saw Raquel Welch? Right. Nothing, you know, not to disparage her. In 1987, she played in the drama Right to Die, in which she turned in a stirring performance Excellent. as a woman stricken with Lou Gehrig's disease. Fabulous. Okay, so she... She had... also released a dance sing- single that same year called This Girl's Back in Town. Nice. Well, happy birthday to Raquel Welch, Bob Newhart, Michael Keaton, and anybody else who's out there. Have a great day. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media Group.